that's kind of uh, Kelly's and I um, set up too. Is Friday is like our only good day for us to do anything. Yeah. So we've been doing that, but I I've been trying not to drink. I've been trying to only have drinks on Saturday, so I try not to. <laughs> if I'm going to have anything at all, I try and save it for Saturday only. So huh? I don't want to get fat again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess uh, Boogie, this is. So you're our twelfth um, guest to come on the the show with us, and we've been or I've been looking forward to it. I've been telling Mike about you and how we first met, gotten into radio, and how I was your intern. I did some crazy stuff. Well, I guess I did one crazy thing, not yeah. a bunch of crazy things. <laughs> but I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you you coming on and, and chatting with us, man. Oh man! I, I, wait, are we recording? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going. Yeah, we're live. Are we rocking? And we're live. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Your tone didn't change at all. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, who's yeah? What? <laughs> who's this? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, this is a this is a pleasure, man. And I'm I'm so glad to see. You're probably gonna hear dogs barking and stuff. That's I, all good. That's all good, man. I'm, I'm I'm sitting at my house right now. Um, but yeah, no, this, I'm glad that you're doing this, man. Like I, I know that you didn't necessarily have the deepest passion for radio. But I know that this side of it is something that you were, you know, super passionate about. So I'm glad you're doing this. I'm, I'm glad I get to be on it. Yeah, man. It's, it, it's funny radio, you know, I, I didn't have my own show or I didn't get into that kind of thing, but being around it, it's, uh, it's like a, a disease or a virus that gets in your blood. And then yeah. when I left it, and this work in this nine to five job, I'm not being creative at all. So I just, I miss doing this, you know, the production side of it. Um, just being creative in general, man. So it's something that Mike and I have been talking about doing for a long time. Um, so we just figured why the hell not? And why not just do it? <laughs> yeah, you, you might as well. And I tell you, man, that's, that's what people miss the most when they get out of radio is the, the rush of it. I mean, I, I tried to get out of radio. I tried to go manage restaurants for a while. And I just, I mean, that was a rush because I was hammered the entire time. <laughs> but uh, so trying to uh, not look drunk constantly was a rush. But <laughs> I, I know that it, it's not the best paying job. It's not, it's not what it used to be. Like people almost look down on you when you're on the radio now. But, but like today, me and my co-host had a phenomenal show. And that feeling right there is just, I don't know. It, it's just, it gets in your blood. It, if you're a, if you're a born entertainer or if you have that, it, 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 I, I can't explain it. I really can't. Everybody who gets out of radio ends up coming back. Yeah. Um, I, I was telling Mike about how we first met and I don't know if we want to go back and do all the details, but I listened to you and Boogie or you and Mimi um, on 93.3, the hip hop station uh, when I was in high school. And I mm -hmm. just hearing you talk, this sounds really weird, I guess, but I was like, man, I feel like me and Boogie would be really good friends. Like, just, <laughs> just listen to you talk. And, uh, and every, yeah, <laughs> said every stalker, said every stalker ever. I know. He's like, I had the exact opposite feeling about you. <laughs> I know. And, uh, when I went and apply, I was, I was going to college and, um, I needed to take an internship. So I wanted to take an internship at the radio station. And I think they wanted to put me with, uh, with Kelby JFM with Dudley and them. And I was like, no, I want to, I don't think y'all were even taking an intern at the time. And I was like, well, ask them and let's see if we can do it. And I think, <laughs> I think I was the only person or something. Like you made a joke about it. Like you're the only, why, why do you want to be here? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're our one and only intern ever. <laughs> <laughs> The only one that ever even wanted to be on. The show. <laughs> but 
Dude, the the hot ninety three days were um like I always think about how much I learned. Like I think the things that I'm successful now at my job now is stuff that I've learned not only when I was an intern but just throughout my radio career um, or career, just my my radio job. Just listening to people talk, um, listening to uh, to to you tell stories in a quick, you know, you got to be quick, right? It's like the thirty seconds, the the sixty seconds, and you're getting the what, the where, the why, the how, all that main stuff that translate that's been translated so well to my job now. Um, that's it's helped me out. But I think about those times, man. Um, yeah. The club nights and all that stuff that we used to do at ninety three is some of the funnest times of my life. I hate to say it, I'm what, 12 years older than you or 14 years older than you or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And we, and it's funny because we were kind of going through the same stage of life. I was 14 <laughs> years older than you. But uh, no, I, you know, I look, I look back on those times as it's, I, I thought it would never end. Like I, I never thought that those days would come to a close. And um, in a way I'm glad they did because I, I mean, I was living unhealthy, man. Like I was, I was drunk six nights a week. I mean, mm. it was just, and I'm talking stumbling drunk six nights a week. It wasn't just, I had a drink or two. I mean, it was bad. Um, but it was the life. I mean, in Austin, that was our spot. Like every bar you went into, everybody knew you. It was free shots. It was drinks. It was a ride home. It was just, like, all right, this is the best life ever. And I look back on those days so fondly. It's funny to me that you and I remain friends. Um, after all this time, like it's crazy to me. And I look back at that as just one of the best times of my life. And I never thought it was going to end. And when it did, I took it really hard. I mean, it took me years, probably just until a few years ago that I finally got over being let go from, from what felt like family to me. I mean, but it was the best times of my life professionally. I'll say that in case my kids. Are listening. <laughs> well, I was telling, I was telling Mike that when we used to go and, and, uh, so you, when, when you transitioned away from the morning show and then the, you started doing afternoons at 93, I used to, that's when I was working overnights and I used to hang, I used to hang around after, so I'd go in at midnight and then I'd get off at like eight thirty or nine and then I would hang around all day. So I was up for like 24 hours and hanging out with, with Boogie while he did his afternoon show. <laughs> Um, but we used to go get, uh, lunch or, you know, we used to go to barbecue places or whatever, and people would recognize your voice and me being 19 yeah. or 20 back then, I felt like I was with a celebrity. I was like, man, this is, I'm with Boogie right now. Like <laughs> it was such a cool feeling. And the, the, um, what 93, like talking to friends in Austin now till this day, hot 93 still remains a topic of discussion. Um, all the the personalities, you, me, me, D Train, all of the folks there, um, left such a an impact with with what all the good stuff that y'all did. Y'all did a lot of stuff to help the community, um, but y'all are always out, and it's still a big vibe there in Austin. You know, you know, at the beginning of the Sopranos, you guys, are you guys familiar? Did you watch the entire Sopranos no, series? No, I had. <laughs> or no, no. All right. Well, at the very begin, the very beginning the very beginning Tony Soprano says, do you ever feel like you're getting in at the end of something? And that's how I felt about hot 93. I, that was the last time that you were ever going to have a fully staffed radio station where nothing was pre-recorded. Everybody was live up until, you know, from 6 AM to midnight, everybody was live. You, you can't find that anywhere. Um, it was the last time that it, it was one of the last times that for a long time, I felt like it was the last time that radio mattered um, until this most recent job I got. And I, and I can kind of see it happening again. 
Um, but yeah, I think that's why it made an impact because we were young, we were hungry, we were aggressive, we loved what we did. We were all always at the radio station. I mean, I would get there early to hang out with Mimi or I would come in late to hang out with who was ever doing nights at the time. It was the passion came through the speakers and you just don't get that anymore. I mean, now radio is you got one guy who's on in 27 different cities, you know, doing a terrible job in all of them. It just it's just not that way anymore. So I felt like that was like the last dying real radio that you're ever going to see. And I, I don't know if people miss it or not. I would hope that maybe they do a little bit. Maybe people just don't care anymore because there's so many options. But I'll tell you this, like we're, we're doing real radio again. Me and my co-host are crushing it. We're number one plus. And yes, we're on in a small town, but it doesn't matter. It's people are still, especially now, we're so disconnected from everybody. Like you and I, when do we ever actually talk on talk, no, we text haven't. and it, yeah. there's no human, there's no human connection. It's like, yeah, I can get on my phone and I can get any song ever made in two seconds. But what I don't get is that human connection. And that's what people had in Austin to us was a, just such a deep human connection because they were either getting crazy with me at the club on Saturday or, you know what I'm saying? It just, we were everywhere all the time. And that's, that's why it was special and remains special to this day. I'm sorry. I really hopped up on caffeine. I've been up this morning. <laughs> no, we actually we do. I apologize, I'm rambling. I apologize if I'm rambling. It's probably not interesting to anybody. I'm sure no one's even made it this far. No. <laughs> like, who's this guy? No, but it, it, that's what I was telling Mike. I was like, we usually, before we talk to people, we, we like to go stalk their Instagram or or, you know, go to their website if they have a website and we like to like do some investigative stuff. And I was like, Mike, this is one where we don't have to work as hard because we can rely on, on Boogie to do the talking. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially now, like I feel bad, Mike, like you haven't gotten a word in edgewise. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no, just, no, no. Y'all need to catch up. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to learn more about you. Um, it looks like you're bringing radio back in, um, in Minnesota, huh? How, how's, how's being in Minnesota? Uh, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's rough for about four months out of the year. It's really like, God dang. Um, but like now it's, you know, it's, it's 50 degrees out right now. So it's not, it's not this insanely bitter cold. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, it was 27 below zero, which is just rattling cold. Wow. Um, but, but you know what? I mean, I, I was born here. I understand the vibe here. It's a much more, the, the funny thing about Minnesota that you'll learn is that, um, maybe not so much Texas, but living in Austin, living in Austin, it, no, everyone's afraid to become an adult. Like <laughs> everyone's afraid to get a real job. That's why it was so hard to run a DJ business down there in Austin because everyone was a DJ. It was like, yeah. geez, I, I can't get a, I can't get a job because everyone's a DJ here. It's much more blue collar. Like people, people get a job out of high school and they work that thing till the day they die. They meet their, they marry their high school sweetheart. They stay with them till the day they die. It's just a much, it's a much different vibe here. Than, than it was than it was in Austin. I mean, I don't, I'm not familiar with the rest of Texas, but um, people are just more. I, I want to say just more down to earth and just. I don't know. I don't know if it's the weather or what. They just don't expect as much. <laughs> I, can't, I can't explain it. It's just they're just like different people. I don't know, man. But it, it's cool. You know, like it's something's right around the corner. We'll get the boat out. Land of ten thousand lakes. So we'll we'll be out on the boat all summer, and uh, it, it'll be. In the summertime, you're like, I love this place. And then right about November, you're like, oh my God, what the hell? This place is awful. <laughs> my, it's funny. My, so my wife is from Ohio yeah. and, uh, and we'll go to Ohio and it's freaking, it's really cold compared to Texas, right? Negative 14. But I, I kind of love yeah. it. It's, I, I love that. I, you actually get a winter there, but I'm assuming living there, 
um, you know, all the time. It gets kind of old with the, the bitter cold all the time. It's, it's more the work that goes into it being cold all the time. Like just, you can't just run out and take something to the trash, you know, so you got to put on some boots and everything. It's just like, God, I just want to run this recycling out. Right. Or, like we got a big, when we were down in Texas in December and we got a big snowstorm while we were gone. And all I could worry about the entire time I was in Texas was, Oh my God, someone's going to be able to tell I didn't shovel. I'm not home. They're going to get into my house, but there is something called Minnesota nice where people up here are insanely friendly. And uh, so someone shoveled my entire driveway and sidewalk and everything else. So I was like, wow. it, it, I don't know. So it, it, there is, there are a lot of, the people here are insanely, insanely friendly. So it, so if if you don't shovel your if you're gone and you don't shovel snow like that's a risk like people know you're away and they could come break in. Well, yeah, if they don't see any footprints in it and it's just fresh <laughs> snow sitting there, wow, you would know like you would know like all right they haven't pulled their cars out in a while they haven't gotten their mail they haven't done anything it's so they would just know but like I said people are nice they knew I wasn't home they shoveled my driveway and I. Luckily, came home to a house that wasn't broken into, <laughs> which, of course, I ruined my entire vacation worrying about. But that's what I do. What I a guess. thing to worry about. Um, are you picking up the accent? No, I, man, <laughs> I, I worked so hard when I moved to Texas to shed that accent because I never thought I had it. The, the one way you can always tell with a Minnesotan is when they say the word bag because they say bag. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like the O's, like if someone says, if someone says gross, it's like gross. <laughs> it's really hard to explain. It's funny because my wife, my wife was like, is a Texan is, is I can hear it in her voice sometimes because we're, it's weird. It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like in Austin, people didn't really have Southern accents that much, but if you go to the outlying areas, that's where it really is thick. Yeah. It's the same thing here. Like Minneapolis, I live right by Minneapolis, which is you know, a big city. So no one really has a Minnesota accent there, but as you move out, people just have it thick. So. I'm trying my hardest not to get it again because it took me forever to shake that thing. <laughs> yeah, that's all I remember is like Minnesota, uh, like the, the O. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you pick up? Uh, it's not a charming. It's not a charming. I think I think it's cute. <laughs> I like it. It's not a charming accent. <laughs> did you pick up uh, scrapbooking? No. Why? Yeah, because of behind me here. No, because that's the thing too, man. When it gets cold, Wait, you just start scrapbooking. Really? That's what they teach us in Texas, at least. Oh, no, 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 no man. We ain't got time for that. We're too busy out shoveling and snowballing. But that, it, the cold air makes you tough, man. Like it makes you, it's like you, you can't, like, what are you going to do? Bitch about it. It's cold. You still got to get outside. So shut the F up and get outside. And yeah. Yes, it's cold. We're all freaking cold. Just get it done. And it, that's very much the attitude up here. People walk faster up here. They get things done quicker. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to be outside. It's terrible. Let's just get it done and get out of here. Yeah. It's very much the attitude up here. It's like the people from Iceland, so, man. They they are stronger people. It's, uh, it's but you're probably onto something, you know. Yeah, because if you live in yeah. like 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 California, those people are all soft as hell. Yeah. They got the perfect yeah. weather a hundred days out of the year. I mean, more or a hundred percent out of the year. So, so they're just chilling too, <laughs> man. When, when I moved back, when I moved back, it was it was depressing. Like the first couple winters I spent here, I was just like, "Why did I leave Texas? Like this is terrible." And now it's just you know, it, again, stop being a stop being a bee and get over it. And let's move on, you know. <laughs> Man, so I I kind of want to get into that your whole story. I think you could probably write a freaking good novel about uh, being you know, like having this successful radio show in Austin, and then 
them flipping formats for whatever political reason they flipped formats for. And then you started this, this journey of hustling in Texas, moving to Minnesota. Um, talk about that, man. How, what, I guess, what was your mindset going forward after hot 93.3 just flipped formats? Well, I mean, the reason they flipped formats is because it was mostly car dealerships and nightclubs that were, advertising on that station that's a dangerous place to get your radio station into um because if one of them goes away you're screwed and so that was kind of the thought they, they couldn't really sell the hip-hop station so i was number one for six years and so i thought i was the teflon don i thought i would be there forever and uh then one day i wasn't and i'll never forget that drive home man i look i'm not discounting anyone who's ever gotten a cancer diagnosis or something like that but it's how i felt where everything was moving in slow motion I couldn't hear anything I don't, I, I, 10 people called me. I don't remember a single conversation I had that day. And I got home and I had a four month old daughter and I had just gotten married a month earlier. And I just, I, I felt about this big. I felt like, my God, this, this little four month old is depending on the biggest loser ever to walk the face of the earth. Like that's how I felt. And, um, and you know, it, it's like the stages of dying where they say at first it's denial, then it's uh, anger, then it's acceptance, whatever those stages are. I went through that with losing that job because the next morning I woke up I put in like a I put in like a motivational CD and I was like, no, this will not be the end of me and yeah. whatever. And getting and and it's kind of when this is 2008, 2009, so the economy had crashed. No one was hiring. Um, I couldn't find a job, and so I spent five months out of work, just feeling like a loser, man. Like because every time I would go somewhere in Austin, people would say, "Didn't you used to be boogie or things like that?" And it's just like it just was heart wrenching because I was like, "I still am," <laughs> <laughs> and um, so so I couldn't get a job. So I ended up getting a job in Minnesota back then too, in 2010 in Minneapolis, which which to me was cool. It's like, all right, this is a bigger city than Austin. I'm moving up the ladder. As much as I don't want to leave, this is what you're supposed to do. We got up here. We hated it. Six months later, we moved back to Corpus Christi, Texas. I got mm. a job at a hip hop station there. Corpus Christi, man. No offense to anybody who lives there. Uh oh. <laughs> Look, y'all are, y'all are, come on, get, get into at least the 2000s, man. Like, <laughs> it's just everything was run. And, and I love the people I worked with, but everything was run down. And my wife was pregnant. And so we would go to the hospital and it looked like a hospital out of 1980. My wife was like, I'll be damned if I'm having a child down there. <laughs> so she moved back to Austin and I was down to Corpus Christi still. And that lasted until my son was born. And I'll never forget, I was driving a one day and I checked my bank account to see how much I had in my savings check to see if it was at least three months worth <laughs> and I walked in and I quit that morning I didn't tell my wife I was going to quit I didn't tell anyone I was going to quit and because um, I was driving for every weekend I drive back to Corpus Christi it was like a four-hour drive I was like this is effing stupid so I go into my office my boss's office it was a friend of mine I was like I can't do this anymore and I quit I started becoming a blubbering fool because I just <laughs> I hate quitting jobs and I'll never forget I went I went and I bought a, I bought a 40 ounce and I went and sat by the water and I was like, all right, now it's time to get back to Austin and find out what the hell I'm going to do next. Come back to Austin, get a job managing a CC's pizza, which is like a pizza buffet place. I don't even know. Is there, are they even left? Oh I yeah. Can't oh yeah. Find one anymore. They sure are. We're big fans of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, CC's. I love CC's. I miss CC's. <laughs> they don't have anything like that here, but so I get a job managing a CC's. I do that for six months and I'm like, this is terrible. Like it was just, it was just the lowest of low end of human beings for coming. Like you're stealing a $3 buffet. Like 
people would come in and their girlfriend would buy a buffet and then they'd be like trying to sneak food out there. I'm like, it's three freaking dollars. So I would just lose my temper all the time. So I was like, all right, this isn't for me. So I go manage another pizza place that was by my house called Brooklyn Heights. And I stayed there for about a year and a month. And I I just wasn't, I just wasn't good at it. I, I, I wanted to be back on the radio. So I got a call to be on a triple A station, which is like adult album alternative. It was called KGSR. I don't even know if it still exists anymore. Like they flipped that station so many times. I'm not sure. I know it still exists. I think it's called, uh, I think it's called ACL radio or Austin steel and it's radio now or something. Mm, still a right. great station. Yeah. Still great music. I, I still listen all the time, but so I went there and I thought, well, cool. Now I'm on a station for older people. I'm older. This is it. I, I got back to where I want to be. I'm back in Austin. I'm back on the radio. I'm making a name for myself. The ratings are on the way up. What could possibly happen? So, <laughs> three years, for three years i rode that wave sales were up ratings were up i thought everyone was happy nope they bring me in the office one day and the funny thing is i had a dream the night before that i was gonna get fired and driving to work that morning i was like i'm getting fired today and i didn't know why i didn't know how but i knew i was getting fired and i had a i just had a banging show it was on a friday it was fun the energy and I knew as soon as I went to go talk to my boss and her door was closed because it was never closed. I was like, this is it. They're in there talking about fire me. And sure enough, they fired me that day. Whoa. Now that I was okay with because I felt out of place on that station. Like they didn't want me anyway, because it was kind of the, known as the hippie station in Austin. And as much as I loved it and I loved the music, I could tell I just didn't fit in. Like I was kind of still this top 40 sounding DJ on a station that didn't really want that. You know, they wanted me to talk about the issues. And, yeah. this. and I was like, I'd rather have fun. So now, all right, I'm out of work again. But luckily, <laughs> I had a pretty successful uh, I had a pretty successful DJ business at the time. So that was able to float me along. And then I, I ended up getting a job at a Christian station as literally like an entry-level radio job just because I needed something. I needed to report taxes on something. So I, uh, I, got, I take this entry-level radio job at a Christian station. And I'm telling you something. Here's, here's the first time that I really realized that, that there's a plan for all of us because as I, as I'm told, I get this job. I find out my dad only has a few more months to live. And I think that I honestly think that I was, that that job came along at the exact time I needed it. Cause I had never listened to Christian music before. Never really. I, I still don't to this day. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it as much as I used to, <laughs> but working with these people that were so positive and so uplifting and, you know, who would pray for you if you needed it. I, I was just like, what is this? You know, and, and so I think that job, you know, that job came along at just the right time for me. And I worked there for about a year and a half. And then I just like it. I, it you know, one common theme is that I love to blow up my life uh, when I feel like I'm stagnant. And I felt stagnant. Like it was an entry level radio job. Anybody could do it. I wasn't using my talents. Yeah, the DJ business was going well, but I was having to grind my ass off just to make anything. So this job opportunity comes up in Minnesota. And I was like, you know, a friend of mine runs a successful wedding business up there. We can, we can branch off into DJing so I can multiply what I'm doing down here times 10. I'll be back on the radio. So I'm more valuable to those kind of jobs. Let's move to Minnesota. So, and that, and the funny thing is, I still remember what it felt like when we sold our house in Austin. I was like, this is mistake. This is, oh my God, no one does it. No one blows up their life like this. But we did it anyway. And uh, we ended up moving up here to Minnesota and, you know, it, it's going good. The DJ business actually did not pan out. It, it just, I don't, I wasn't, I'm not good at managing people. 
So I just, we just killed it. I was like, I'm not, I hate when we have three weddings in one day and I'm having to send out DJs and all this stuff. So we killed it, but that's kind of an abbreviated version, which was still really long of kind of the journey that I've been on for the past, I don't know, what, 12 years yeah. since Hot 93 went away. And, and the funny thing is, is it, it just, you learn so much. Like you, you, I was telling Jonathan this the other day, you learn so much when you blow up your life. Like moving here was harder than, I thought I was just coming back to where I was from and it, it'll be easy. You know, well, I'll have friends and family and it'll be great. And none of that, I haven't seen a, I've seen like one friend that I used to have <laughs> since I moved back here. Uh, my family does not get together as much as I thought they did. So I don't really have that. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I still feel like as, as painful as it's been, I, I go through it again because of the growth that I've experienced over the past three years of being here. You know, the, the losing 40 pounds, which I never thought I would do. I thought I was just going to be fat and tubby for the rest of my life. <laughs> and, but, but when you hit rock bottom, you, you start to, you start to analyze everything. Why, why do I feel so terrible? Like, why do I just feel awful all the time? Well, okay. I'm fat. That's one thing. You're embarrassed by the way you look. Whenever you see yourself in a picture, you're embarrassed by it. Let's get that on track. All right. I'm going to lose 40 pounds, lost 40 pounds. All right. You don't, you, you hate this wedding business that you have. <laughs> it ruins every day. And it's, it wasn't my business partner's fault and it wasn't anybody's fault except for I'm just not good at managing people. So I was working a thousand times harder than I should just so no one would be upset with me. So all this, all this growth that I've experienced over the past three years, none of it would have happened. If I would have stayed in Austin, yeah, I'd, I'd still be doing the same thing. I'd still be fat. I'd still be a drunk. I still would be, you know, just not, not making any growth. I would just be right. stagnant. And so, you know, with this, with this last move, I think that, um, you know, and, and now like we're crushing it at the radio station. I mean, people look at you like, oh, you're in a small town. It's like radio is radio. And if you're number one in a small town, you'd be number one in a big town because it's all the same size. Right. So, boy, I, I, I told you I had way too much caffeine. No, no, no that's, that's good. <laughs> hey, so uh, I was telling Mike that you're that you're a DJ too, and you talked about it, but I don't think people realize how much you work or what time goes into planning uh, when you're a uh, DJ. It, I did it for a little bit. Now, when I say I was a wedding DJ, Todd would like, I mean, Todd hooked it up big, right? Because Todd would throw me a lot yeah. of money to to DJ a wedding or a couple of weddings a month, but you were doing a wedding every weekend, sometimes multiple a day, right? I mean, sometimes, some, yeah. Sometimes I'd have a like a say a boat party at from noon to three, and then a wedding from five to ten, and then I'd be back up the next morning for a fundraiser. I mean, I was just I was grinding, but the reason why is because. I was good at what I did. You know, I, I very much could read a crowd. It was never the same playlist. You know, it was, it was very much because I love it so much. I wasn't phoning it in ever. Um, and so I, I, people just picked up on that. And so I was, I was a preferred vendor at so many places. I was just, I mean, I would do Wednesday weddings and then get up to do the morning show the next day and like, then have a Thursday evening menu tasting. It was just, it was not, <laughs> but the problem was, here's the problem because I didn't believe in myself. I wasn't charging enough. So I was having to work 10 times as hard to barely get by. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll do that for $200 and give up my whole Saturday. Like yeah. a dumbass. <laughs> that's that. I think that's one thing you and I, and I think Mike too, Mike probably not as much, but we're the worst at, at negative self-talking. And I, for me, there, there's no one else that is going to be harsher on themselves or on me than my own personal self-talk and me and you, we go back and forth all the time talking about that. Um, you help me 
when I get my little lows of, man, I'm not feeling it right now. I, I suck at this. You always, you have a quote or there's always something that you've listened to that you can send me and share me to kind of pick my spirits up. Well, and that, that comes from me, you know, constantly being knocked around by the radio business that, and, and, you know, in moving here, it's funny because moving here, I didn't have anyone anymore. I think down there I was coddled a little bit because I was that guy from the radio who everyone knew. And, and so I feel like I was kind of handled with kid gloves a lot of times. And so I didn't, I didn't mentally grow. And then moving here, I didn't have anyone and no one cared that I was, no one cared. I was sad. No one cared that I, you know, was whatever. They just didn't care. And so they came into me saying, all right, how do you fix these problems on your own? When you're, when your brain starts telling you, you can't do it, you can't do it. Well, that's just, that's nothing. That's just, that's your subconscious just telling you something that you believe. So how do you change the way you believe? And that, and that's kind of why with, with you and I, the negatives, it's like, if you're going to tell yourself you can't do something, then you can't. If you, the, the successful people, Jonathan, that you and I see and that we admire so much, they, they have nothing that we don't have except for they believe in themselves. Maybe, maybe it's the way, maybe they were brought up with more positive parents than you and I were. My parents didn't give a damn about me growing <laughs> up. And so I never had someone telling me like, like, yeah, you can do it. They didn't even care about giving me nutrition, let alone, <laughs> let alone, you know, feed me. <laughs> we used to have corn as a main course at dinner. Oh so we, you know, we, <laughs> we were struggling, Jack, but, I think it's, and that's, that's what I was trying to tell you the other day, Jonathan, because like I, because, because of COVID-19, I lost a lot of weddings up here and my income is way down. And so I went to go get a job at a hardware store and this is nothing against anyone working at a hardware store, but I, I was just sitting in the dry in the parking lot of the hardware store on my first day. And I was like, I don't want to do this. Why am I doing this? And I was like, okay. Then it's like, all right, you're doing it to help your family. But it's like, you're, you, you don't want to do this at all. So you're not helping your family because you're going to be miserable the entire time you're not here. And it's, it's, it's not having a support system, which has made me the way I am. You know, my wife obviously is always there for me and she'll always listen when I complain and, you know, God bless her heart, but not when you don't have a support system, you become your own. And that is when you finally just realize like, all right, I feel down. How do I get myself out of it without complaining to anybody, without looking for outside help to fix it? How do I fix this on my own? And that's why I'm always sending you a quote or it's like, I have a, I have kind of a nightmare summer coming up where I have like 22 weddings I have to do mm. and I'm not going to hardly make any money. So, so instead of like being depressed about it, it's like, all right, let's break it down to what it really looks like. How many Saturdays will I have off? All right, cool. There's a few Saturdays off in the summer. How many am I actually getting paid? For? All right, I'll get paid for these. So that's all right. That'll, I'll make my mortgage payment that month. That's cool. And, and it was the quote I sent you the other day is as long as you stay living in today, you can get through anything. As long as you're not, as if I'm, because I, I kept saying, like, all right, if I can just make it in September, what the hell? Like, that's, yeah. that's six months away. I gotta, <laughs> that's way too much to take on at one time. So it's like, all right, what am I doing today? Well, today I'm fine. I got nothing. Today, if everything's okay today, then everything's okay, period. So that is the biggest thing that, that I've taken away from, from, you know, you and I talking, Jonathan, we're, we're pretty much the same person, is we, we get down on ourselves. We're like, oh, man. And no one else feels that way about us. Yeah. No one else looks at us like, oh, that. That guy, he doesn't, he doesn't know how to podcast. What the hell is he doing? You know, no one says that. You got a podcast. Everyone looks at you like you're a professional. Oh. You know, it's it's hard. It's hard to, uh, boy. But once, it, it's almost like you have to train that muscle. You have to train that brain muscle to not be negative. And the people that do that are the ones that we admire. The ones that are successful. 
We're the ones who feel they're successful, even when we would judge them not. Right. You know, there's, there's a lot of that. I don't know if you, Jonathan, I don't know if you and I will ever think we've made it. I, I honest to God, <laughs> don't. You could get 10 million downloads on the podcast, and I bet you'd be like, well, why wasn't it 11? <laughs> you know? Why didn't it happen faster? Yeah. You know? How come I didn't get enough thumbs up? It's just, <laughs> that's what we do. But I, really lately, I've just been working on that negative self-talk talk, because I think that that's where all, it all stems from, everything. You know, I, and then because when I take a, when I look back, I'm like, damn, Kelly, you've moved across this country multiple times and you're still, you have a 100% success rate at getting through things. You've never failed at getting through something. So stop thinking that you're just, what, why is this going to be the time I fail? Is it, is 22 weddings enough to break me? No, it's not. All right. So you'll get through it. Yeah. It ain't going to be fun, but are you going to come out stronger? Are you going to learn something? Of course. Will you, will I maybe make some connections so I can start charging $2,000 for wedding? Yeah. Probably, you know, so it's it's all these things, man. Oh God, I, I should have had some water before we jumped on this. Uh, that's or good. I'm on a, I'm on a <laughs> Keep going, please. <laughs> well, it's just it, it really is it these since I have an hour drive to work, because I live right by Minneapolis, but I work about an hour outside of Minneapolis. It, it's really given me time to Again, this all goes back to there being a plan. I, I think that everything had to happen the way it was for me to finally, at 45 years old, which I wish this would have happened 15 years ago, but whatever, you know, I, the race is long and it's only with yourself, but I, I wish this would have happened so much longer ago because I'm finally getting to a point where, one, I'm comfortable with myself because I spend two hours a day driving with myself with no one else around. Sometimes I won't even listen to the radio and it's helped me just work through these just meant this mental crap that I had. And it, some of it isn't even our fault. Like some of it comes from our childhood and everything we see in reality, we cut up with all the mess that our parents put in our head and we put our twist on it. And then life seems terrible half the time when it's not, you know, I, I think probably Jonathan, you and I both suffer from terrible anxiety. Yeah. And, and one of the, one of the biggest things I've learned is like, all right, what are you, why are you anxious right now? What, what, what is happening right now that's making you feel this way? And then I start to deconstruct it. And I and 90% of the time I realize, well, that's nothing. You're, you're upset about something that might happen 10 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> Shut it off. Dude. I was, go ahead. No, I was going to say, Mike. I've said enough. <laughs> no, 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 I was going to say, Mike does a really good job. So Mike got me into, into running. I was always been a weightlifter, right? Kind of half-assed, but just eating like crap. So Mike got me into running and his saying is is exactly what you said is like on those long runs, you know, we're doing 14 miles or 15 miles, uh, check in with yourself and say, how am I doing right now? If you think about it, if you think about, oh, I'm on mile two and I got, you know, 10 more miles left, that's going to be overwhelming. So he always says, you know, hey, how are you doing? Even if we're running together or we're not, it's like a habit now. I check in. I'm like, how am I doing right now? I'm doing good. My calf kind of hurts, but I'm still doing good. And I don't, I can apply that to that, but I'm not very good at applying that to like real life yet. <laughs> well, yeah. cause the, the stakes are higher at life. Right. You know, if you, if your, if your leg starts to hurt, you quit running I'm fixed, you know, at, at life, if you're worried about your kids or your job or your income or your house or your cars, the stakes are higher. And so that's why it's hard to apply those principles to, to everything that's going around us. But it's, it, hopefully the longer you guys run, which I see you run like crazy. Like I, every, every weekend I'm like, it's like 6 a.m. How did you already run 14 miles? <laughs> makes, me feel like, makes me feel so like terrible about myself, but, but you're right. It, That's the goal. I, I, I would imagine. Yeah. I'll do like, I'll do like maybe, 
maybe 20 minutes on the elliptical and i'm like all right that's enough cardio for <laughs> I don't want to get too skinny. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's the way, that's the weight one. I don't want to get too big. Um, Man, let's talk about the, the weight loss. Cause you, you've been uh, like in Austin, you, you were in a gym, right? I mean, you, you worked out, but it hasn't ever really been um, like part of uh, like a daily ritual of yours, but I've, I I started noticing in pictures, I think you, you didn't announce that you were, you were trying to lose weight until I think like you started, like I noticed that you were losing a lot of weight and I was like, man, what is this guy doing? Like he's on a health kick or something. What, how did you lose the weight and, and, and what made you get started? Well, yeah, you're right. In Austin, I was working out, but I was also, I mean, I, my nutrition was just yeah. God awful. I mean, <laughs> I would, I would go work out so I could go have beer. Like so stupid. <laughs> But um, like, all right, I, I burned 600 calories. Let me have a toll pack. Uh, get, <laughs> go get 1,200. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so when we moved up here, I, I think it was when I, I, I refer to it as my awakening. Um, when it started happening, when I just started realizing like, man, I am miserable. And, and I had no reason to be at the time. It was just, it was a matter of deconstructing everything. And one of the things I was most miserable about was the weight. Um, like I would see myself in pictures, you know, when you're on the radio, you, you end up in a lot of pictures and a lot of videos, you know, people want people who listen, want a picture with you. And it was probably February of last year, right before, right before COVID hit. Um, we had like our last live event at the radio station. I saw a picture of myself and I was like, I didn't even recognize myself. And I was so grossed out by it. I had like a, I had this shirt on, which is kind of baggy now, but it was like tight. Like what the buttons, were, I was like, what in the hell happened to me? So, uh, I decided like we have this program up here called Livia and I had seen it, it used to be called Metafast. Now it's called Livia. Um, I saw people losing weight uh -huh. with it and I was like, all right, well maybe that works because I saw, I saw it working. And so we were doing these things called local 99s when everybody's business shut down, we were showcasing businesses like, Hey, we're still open, still doing business. Right. Um, you know, you can still come in. And, and so Livia called in to do their local 99 and I was like, man, I'd love to link up with you guys. Um, and they were like, yeah, sure. You know, and, and it was like, a, it was so funny. I was like, I, we were going into summer and I was like, damn, why am I starting this at the start of summer? I want to drink and eat and just have a good time this summer. <laughs> but then, but then I thought, well, you're not going to enjoy yourself because you're fat as hell. You're not going to want to take your shirt off anywhere. You're going to be grossed out by yourself every time you see a picture of yourself. So just start now. So it was like um, May or June 1st or something I started and and it was tough, man, because I was used to eating pasta and just whatever I wanted all the time. Come home from work and slap a hot dog on top of a hamburger and you know, a buttery bun. <laughs> Put some pizza on it. <laughs> yeah. Not, who cares? Pepperonis, we got something on there. Uh, and, and that's how I was eating. And so I started with Livia. And then it was like when I, when I cut out a lot of the alcohol, because I, I stopped drinking for a few months. And when I cut the alcohol out, and I started getting the proper nutrition. And, and the biggest thing is when I started sleeping correctly, um, it just, it felt so good. I just wanted more and more and more of it. So, you know, like a month in, I'd maybe lost 10 pounds, but it, to me, I felt like I lost a hundred. Like my face wasn't puffy anymore. Uh, my pain, you know, I didn't have that uncomfortable tight pant feeling all the time anymore. And so I was just like, dude, I was like, this has to keep going. And then it was, you know, I was losing about three pounds a, a week after that. Cause I was strict. I was not allowing salt. 
no sugar, no salt, nothing. Um, so I, I actually ended up losing 50 pounds, but I've yeah. put 10 back on since then. It's, I couldn't maintain that. I couldn't maintain no salt, no, you know, no nothing. Right. That's not a way to live. Uh, but it was, it was a, right. And so I've kind of settled now and have, have, have being down about 40 pounds. I'm sitting at about 165 right now, which I haven't seen since right out of high school. But it was really a, it was really a more of just a health decision. And I had like all these weird pains all the time. Like, I don't know if it was from drinking or from just being fat or God knows what, but I would like my, my heels. I, I would, I felt like the oldest man ever when I would stand up because my heels would just ache. And I thought I probably had, you know, needed to go get surgery, but no, it just turns out I was just a fat ass. Who needed to lose some weight. <laughs> like the most, that was the most happy thing that happened to me is I didn't have this foot pain anymore. So I like, I could run around with my kids and I'd be like, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, maybe the same thing for you too, because you didn't have as much weight to lose as I did, but you know, you, you kind of look at your kids and you're like, man, I am not being a good dad to these kids. Cause I'm so tired and fat all the time. and drunk. And... <laughs> drunk. <laughs> um, it's it, kind of a reoccurring thing. I've got that <laughs> under control just so you know, it's not a problem anymore. But I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, right, I'm right behind you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, messing with that too. I, I have those same feelings of like, <laughs> Like my my collared shirts at work are kind of like pulling out. The buttons are starting to pull out. The, you know the tightness yeah. in the pants. It it really does weigh on you a little bit, literally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what were you saying? I, I was saying it's easy for me, so I don't really drink at all because my wife just doesn't drink. I think if my wife drank, then I would it would probably be a little more easier for me to open that door. But my wife is just so. Yeah. boring when it comes to any kind of alcohol so it that makes it easy but food is still my my biggest uh challenge i guess because i can like she doesn't drink but if i bring up go like let's go get whataburger then she's down to go get some whataburger <laughs> um but yeah it, it yeah so I, without, I, without, I, the, without the alcohol in your system and, i'll go ahead i'm sorry no, 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 i was gonna say that's you hit the nail on the head like i i was looking at my kids and i didn't want my kids to think i was fat and when I started losing the weight, I realized my anxiety just was diminishing. And I realized my panic attacks, because I was having severe panic attacks, man, where I thought I was having a heart attack. And then, and then you know, weeks after that, I would have like a little like heart rush. And I was like, oh my God, I'm about to die. Like, <laughs> but I just started dropping the weight and then all that stuff just, just kind of stopped. So that's, you know, that's one of the lessons I wish I'd have learned before I got let go from hot 93, because I was all about the, the partying and the downtown and the let's, you know, and I wish I would have realized that the anxiety, that the alcohol was causing anxiety, which was keeping me from sleeping, which was making me depressed, which was making me less creative, which was making me lazy. Like I wish I would have realized all the negative things that were coming from alcohol. It, you know, you guys know who Bobby Bones is. I know Jonathan, you know, who Bobby Bones. Yeah. Do you know Bobby Bones? Um, mm -hmm. Man, he's, he's a, <laughs> he's on a national syndicated radio show. He's on American idol. Like he's, he's one of the biggest like radio people right now. And oh. I, it, like, I look up to him so much because he didn't drink. He didn't get into the partying aspect of radio. He hustled and he networked and he did everything you're supposed to do. And now he's, you know, multimillionaire, got his own show called breaking Bobby bones. I mean, he's just got, and, and I wish that I would, I wish I would have gotten on this. I wish I would have lost this weight. 15 years ago because I, I would be a completely different person right now, but whatever. I mean, I'm sure on my deathbed, it'll come to me why 
I was so lazy for so long. <laughs> You're still very young. So I got that to live for. <laughs> I got that. You're still very young. I mean, you still, I mean, you can still do it and, uh, you do, you look, I I don't know how you look before, but you look pretty fit now. Handsome man. Yeah. Hey, this is that kind of podcast. (laughs) Take your shirt off. Yeah. Let's see what you got. (laughs) All right. Um, stay upstairs. It's what we thought, honey. I would do a ghetto thing and like hold up a side by side picture on my phone of what I looked like. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't even know where it is, but it was, uh, I was puffy, man. My biggest, I, I was probably tipping the Toledo's at about two. Points. And uh, for a guy who's five, eight, five, nine, that is way too much. You know, you're, you're way, way too much at that point. Yeah. I didn't, I don't think you, um, I don't, I don't remember you being real heavy in Austin, but I guess you you gained all the weight whenever you moved. Um, but see, even yeah, when this is a even when you were being oh wow oh man uh, that's not that's not that much no I mean look at his his it chin was pretty bad. yeah it's <laughs> pretty bad. Well, me and you gain the weight at the same spots. Like our face get really we have no neck basically. Yeah. That's. <laughs> That's a chubby face, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure I was trying to like do all the tricks I could to make it happen. Uh, <laughs> well, that's you're on radio, so it doesn't ma- matter that much, I guess. Unless right. you're being social out out in public. And up here, it's like where I live, people just aren't as fit. In, like towards Minneapolis, I live in a suburb of Minneapolis, but towards Minneapolis, people are. It's one of the most fittest cities in the country. But out here, everyone's all fat and lazy. And I'm like, cool. You know, I found my people. I'm gonna be fat the rest of my life. Fine. <laughs> but, but if you, I was told myself, I was just trying to like rationalize the how crappy I felt all the time. Uh, so how is it like being on a on a morning uh, country show now? Like from going to hip hop to doing morning show, and how is it like having a, a guy co host compared to having Mimi in the morning? You know, Mimi is my girl, always will be. You know, I had some of the best times ever on the radio with her. And the funny thing is, I'm not doing much of a different show now than I was doing on the hip hop station. And that's the funny, I think that's why I always had so much success is because I never changed who I was. I wasn't on the hip hop station, like trying to be like, oh man, I know I'm white, but I'm, you know, I'm down, I'm down with y'all. You know? I, I talked about this and I think that's why people liked me on the hip hop station. Cause I never changed. I never tried to be something I wasn't. I, I think, I, I think people smell that and they, and they, they, they kind of cringe away from it. You know, yeah. it's subconsciously, they know you're not being real. Um, so the, the show I'm doing now is essentially the same show still a lot of relationship stuff i, I will tell you this though my co-host now um has taught me a work ethic like i in radio i always kind of i always kind of half-assed it in radio because i was good at it so i didn't i didn't need to give it a thousand percent all the time but to match his level of work i've definitely stepped up my level of work and so we, we're a two we're a two-guy morning show but we make it work so well that's why we're number one across the board um, especially with females 25, 54. I mean, they just, because they're essentially listening to two guys who aren't being macho. You know, we don't talk about sports or anything like that. We're just two honest guys who don't know a lot about women or don't know a lot about, you know, the other day we were talking about um, having a, <laughs> having a hysterectomy. I'm not a hysterectomy, getting your tubes tied versus, uh, yeah, have a, that's what they call it. Yeah. What the heck do they call it when I got a vasectomy? A vasectomy, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Same thing. <laughs> but women, <laughs> women love hearing humble through this stuff and just being honest about it. And we're not gross. We're not like shock jocks. Gross guys. He's he's about to turn forty. I'm forty five. We're two guys with kids who are struggling to try and figure out how to raise kids and and all that stuff. You know, he's he's a very and we're so opposite. You know, he's so like macho absentee dad. You know, I talk about crying all the time on the air and stuff like that. So it's it very much it just very much works. I mean, when when I was on the air with Mimi, it was lightning in a bottle, and this is a, not many people get to do that again. And I definitely have lightning in a bottle. Like we're looking at syndicating in a couple of cities right now, and they're not even country stations that are looking at picking us up oh. uh, because it's not a country morning show. When we do like entertainment news and stuff like that, we make sure that we have a connection to the music. But with other things, it's just it's it's a relationship based. It's a top. It, it could be on a top. Maybe not a top 40 station because it's not that young, but it could definitely be on a station with, you know, that that played older hits. Um, right. And we just, we just, we, because we get along so well, me and Matt Wood, Matt Wood is his name. That dude is so talented, so funny. We get along so well that it's, it, there's never any fake laughter on the air. Remember how we used to make fun of like the DJs to be like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, all this fake laughter. Uh, <laughs> and it's like no one said anything funny no one said anything why are you laughing that freaking hard <laughs> so with this with this it's just a, it's just he's so funny and we make each other laugh and it's just it's lightning in a bottle man i know that this show will, will become something and, and i have no doubt no doubt in my mind it's it's better than 90 percent of what i hear on the radio because it's it's some of the realest radio right that you're ever going to hear you know, it's it's not contrived. That's the word I was. Contri- I knew it was. I knew it was fumbling around in there somewhere. <laughs> a stupid ass dog. That's all good. Hey, are 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 y'all? I I haven't seen you post like your Saturday. Um, y'all used to post like Saturday podcasts. Are y'all gonna start doing that? Like it's that's separate from it, the morning show. It it yes, we will again. We just need a day that we can record it because we're trying to grow the show so much. The show is so much more than it was two years ago. Uh oh. Where when break- we get off the air, hey, we're still working for two hours. Hey, Boogie. Get everything done. Hey, Boogie. You're breaking up a little bit. You're, uh, I got to. So it just, that just kind of came like a. I- you good now? Oh, I see you now. My back? Uh, yep. I think you're back now. Uh, all right. Sorry about that. No, you're good. You're good. Go ahead. Uh, you guys are. Right. I'm like moving it around like it's a TV antenna. Come on now, I can't focus on you. You got a little like uh like uh, some 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 yeah. aluminum foil up there or something. Yeah, like it's like it's rabbit ears. We got you. But yeah, I don't even remember what the hell I was saying before that happened. Um. Oh, you were talking about the the Saturday podcast. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get back to it. Right now, it's just a matter of time. Like it's just. We just don't have enough time hours of the day to get everything done. Yeah. Like this morning, because I, because I knew I had this podcast to do, I, I I got up at two thirty this morning so I could be to work by three thirty, so I could you know so I could get all my work done before eleven o'clock to to be here with you guys. So it's that's the only reason we're not doing it. It's a time issue. It's yeah. We are we work our butts off. What do y'all um as you know being in the radio business? What do y'all think about the podcast industry? Like everyone and their mom has a podcast now. How does that uh, interfere with with radio? Uh, I think it's just like everything from the dawn of time. It's going to take a chunk out of it. It'll probably more take a chunk out of talk radio. 
Yeah. Um, you know, but it's like, you know, when, when cassette tapes came out, it's like, well, this is the end of radio. No, it never was. CDs, well, this is the end of radio. No, it wasn't. Uh, Spotify, uh, no, iTunes first. iTunes, this this is it, man. Radio's done. No. Nope. Uh, Spotify, this is it. Radio's done. No, I, I think it's, one, it's the human connection. And like even I listen to the radio, and I'm I'm sick of every song on the radio by the time I do. But I, one, I want that companionship sometimes. And two, I just want someone else to do the work of picking music. I want to connect my phone to Bluetooth. Now let me scroll through 10 million songs to find the perfect song for this moment right now. It's like, <laughs> Sometimes I just want someone else to do the work. So you know, podcasting, like everything else, will have it has its place. I mean, you got some of the heavy hitters out there, but I, like I listen to, I mostly listen to podcasts. There's one called Garage Logic that I listen to all the mm. time, and it's more of just a companion. You know, it's like sometimes I want talk, sometimes I want music. You know, I, I think the worst the worst part about radio, the worst thing radio did, the biggest mistake they made, is when iTunes came along. And streaming came along and they thought, well, we need to compete with that. And what they didn't realize is we had something special. We had a local feel. And so instead of doubling down on what was working, it's like I said earlier, it's like, let's have one DJ, 30 stations. He'll just say that was, this is, hey, I was driving down I-35 today and saw an accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll make them think out there. It's like, it's stupid. Radio made some big mistake. I have, that's why I have tons of respect for where I work now, because even even though it's a smaller company, this dude is trying his hardest to keep local radio alive, and it's working. I mean, we crush every station right. that 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 is local alive. So I, it'll podcasting like everything else. It'll, it'll take its bite out of radio, and you know we'll find ways to adapt. You know, like we are with with every radio show having its podcast. You know, trying trying to at least show like, hey, we know about this world too. You know, yeah. over here too. You know. You know, um, when I knew that, because I thought that you know, Spotify, you know, iTunes and, and all the podcasts, I thought that was going to kill radio. But when the winter free or when the freeze happened in Texas, that's all we had, or that's all I had was because my power was off. So I, I had to go to, um, you know, the radio apps on my phone to listen to the local people talk on the radio. That's when I knew, no, I, that's my, that's my only way to get local news is through the radio. What's happening now? When's, when's the power going to come back up? all that good stuff. So that's, that yeah. kind of reaffirmed, like, no, you're spot on where it needs to be local. Um, that they need to allow more talking time. I guess that's, the, I, you know, I don't know what the radio business is, but they, I feel like they need to play less music and allow more talking. And maybe, it's, maybe not compare them either. Yeah. They're, they're like separate things. Maybe not compare them either. They're, they're, they're almost separate things. I mean, they're very similar, but I mean, yeah. it may be not. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's like saying TV is somewhat similar to the radio, too. You know, it's like, yeah, they all, they're all they all media. You know, a magazine is somewhat comparable to a podcast, right? A newspaper, whatever. They're all, they're all comparable. But the difference is, the difference with radio is, from everything else, is not only were you getting up to, up to the minute uh, updates on what was going on, you were getting it from someone who's going through it with you. You were getting it from someone who's in your town who also had to fight traffic to get to, who had to sacrifice their life to get to the radio station that morning. And subconsciously, that has an effect on you. You trust that person more yeah. than you do if I were to jump on the radio in Austin and be like, oh, man, it's where I used to live. looks really bad today. Right. It's like, well, F you. You're not down here going with us. And that's that's where, like I said, that's where radio made its biggest mistake. And when we syndicate, we're still going to do local breaks. And we'll do local breaks for every station we're on. Some stations have to syndicate. They don't have the money to pay for a long morning show. So it just it has to happen that way. But we'll still do local breaks in our town. You know, we'll still... 
we'll still be as local as we can possibly be because that goes along. It still goes a long way with people. They want to know you, you live, you live where they live. You're doing what they do. It right. goes a long way. Yeah. No, I think Joe you're... Rogan is Joe Rogan is not driving down my street. You know, as much as I love listening to his podcast, yeah. <laughs> he's not living. Well, now he's kind of living what I went through because he moved to Austin, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's that. I think that's why I grow, like I, I kind of grew closer to like Todd and Don, Mark and them um, throughout some of the, you know, the bass route fires and all that stuff when I got out of radio um, and I stopped working mm-hmm. with them because they're, they're right there. I know that they're talking about that stuff. And also I, you know, I think, you know, subconsciously I, I'm like, I, I used to work with them. I know what they're kind of doing in the studio. Um, that's why it kind of makes yeah. it kind of fun. And same thing too, when I listen to you, um, the Kelly and Wood show. I, I listen to your podcast, but I kind of, I, I can kind of like get a vibe as to what the vibe is going on in the room. So. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I hope it sounds fun because we're definitely having a ton of fun in there, but yeah, yeah. it, it, that, that human connection, man, I, I think as time goes on, we're going to crave it more and more because we're becoming less. Con- I mean, look at now distance learning for God's sake, but uh, look at how many people are in a virtual office. Don't you just once in a while, want to have a good conversation with somebody like, like this, I, I would much rather be in that room with you guys. If I was in that room with you, I probably wouldn't have rambled on for so long <laughs> and we would be probably, have, but we'd probably be having more fun, right? Yeah. We'd be in the same room together. We'd probably be laughing more. We would be having internet issues. Or I'm trying to this thing around. <laughs> Come on, man. You're, you know you're hard to go, man. Yeah. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Yeah. No, it's people. We're, we're, we're social beings and, and, you're never going to, unless in a million years, maybe that'll, that'll evolve out of us, but we crave, we, we want to roam in a pack. It's just, it's evolutionary that we're that way. And so I think radio gives you some of that. I, yeah. you know, when I, when I went when I tell stories about my dad, people just absolutely love them because they can relate to it. And they're not always funny. I tell stories about my dad when he passed away, you know, and how hard that was on me and how I, you know, I always bring that up to my kids to start smoking because you know what, pop a deal. And people are drawn to that because they're like, yes, I have, I have lost a parent too. Or I, I, I would hate to feel that way. Or this guy is, you know, this guy is going through pain too. We, we crave it more than we, and I think we realize we crave it more than we ever did. Yeah. Boy, I'm just circling around. Oh no, you're good, <laughs> man. So, uh, we're going to like start wrapping it up because we got the wrong SD card in our camera. We don't want the camera to die in the middle of us talking, but real quick, what I wanted to <laughs> real quick, um, Oh, that's the other thing too. Oh, well, 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 let me ask you this: what What tips can you give to to Mike and I about podcasting? Um, you know, we're we got janky ass um, GoPros, and we got we put obviously put the wrong SD card in on this time. But what I guess from an audio perspective, what can we do to help grow our audience a little bit? Your, your audio sounds good, and the and the podcast looks great. It really does. I, the first time I saw it, I was like really surprised at how good you guys had it dialed in. The biggest thing with podcasting is consistency. It has to be there. You have to form a pattern with people. The guy that we we work with, the Randy Lane Group right now, which is a consulting company, and they consult Jimmy Kimmel, they consult Facebook, they consult Uber. Like these are these are heavy hitters right here. So they really understand podcasting, and that is the biggest thing is consistency and getting on other podcasts, it, it, whether it's, you know, like, like I'll post this on our podcast. And maybe you guys will get a few listens out of it. Cool. Then that's a win for you. Yeah. Um, if somebody else in your town, if, if a realtor in your town has a podcast, which a lot of them do go try and be on it, try and get them on your podcast, have them. Promote. It's a, it's, there's, there's room for everybody in the podcast realm. Right. Um, you know, you, you don't have to have a million, million streams to win. 10,000 is a win, right? 
So the biggest thing is being there when people want you. Like we're going on vacation next week. I downloaded a ton of audio. I'm still going to post a podcast every day when we're on vacation because I want to stay in that that habit of people. Even if they don't listen to it, it's still there every day. Right. That is the biggest lesson I have learned because we were about two months off during COVID because we're in the studio together. Our podcast tanked. It's taken me. It's taken me till now to get it back. Wow. And now we do about four to five hundred downloads a day, which is really good for us. For us, it's really good. Yeah. Is there a is there a particular day that's better to post, or a day of the week, or time, morning, afternoon? I don't know. That would only be for people that are following the podcast, waiting for it to download. We do it because we're on the air. We want to make sure it's it's on the it's ready to go thirty minutes after the show, no later than thirty minutes after the show. I post it at about ten o'clock every single day, nine thirty, ten o'clock every single day. I do find that Monday is our least listen. Monday and Friday are our least listened to. And Wednesday is our most listened to day. Wow. I don't know what wow. that means. I don't know if people are saving them up. I don't know why. It drives me nuts. If I, I, I pour over these analytics and I can't figure a dang thing out. Um, but that's our biggest day. And, and I think a lot of people will message us like, oh, I, you know, I, I have a long drive on Wednesday. So I, I save up the podcast for them because I got to drive two hours that day or whatever. And right. that's what people do too. I do that too. I save up podcasts for vacation. Like if I know I'm going to go on vacation, I won't listen to a podcast for two weeks before so I can just binge listen on the way down and binge listening. That's how that's to really get people to become just a part of it. And you guys are doing the right thing. Like I see your little uh, thumbnails pop up. I'm like, great. They posted another one. This is awesome. (laughs) People get in that pattern. But what I wouldn't do is like one week you do it Tuesday, Thursday, the next week you do it next week you do it Monday, Wednesday, you know, like set days, set days and stick to those days. I don't know how many you're doing right now, but if it's three, do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, if it's two, do Tuesday, Thursday, and make sure it's consistent. Cause I do, I listen to one podcast that only comes out once a week, but I've gotten in the habit of knowing it comes out Thursday. And so Thursday I get in my car and that's the podcast I go to. Okay. Uh, Bill Burr. That's a great podcast on Mondays and Thursdays. And, and I've become in the habit of, all right, Monday morning, way to work. I'm going to listen to Bill Burr. You know, it, it's about building that habit. Okay. And the most important question, those are good questions, but um, when you watch the podcast, uh, who, who looks better? <laughs> it's a tough one, man. It's a flip of the coin right there. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't like that answer. but the, the guest always looks better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're the better look. Whatever. But, you know. You know man, me. man uh, I feel weird calling you Kelly, by the way. I'm, I, don't, I don't know how you feel being called Boogie, but I, I, I can't call you Kelly. <laughs> One, because my wife is Kelly. <laughs> is that weird for it's, you? Uh, yeah. well, I, was your wife. I, was, I was your work wife at one time. But, uh, no, I, I love it, man. I, it, it brings, like, my old boss from back then still calls me Boogie. Everyone who knew me then still does. And I, I love it because it was it was one of the best times of my life. So I, it's very, like, near and dear to my heart when people still say it. Like, it just, I remember James Fields was in a lot of the clubs that we worked at. I yeah. just talked to him and that dude's making a ton of money. Like he is so inspiring. <laughs> you need to get him on here, man. You want to talk about a success story? Uh, but uh, yeah, no, you can you can call me whatever you want, man. Boogie is cool with me, man. It, it makes me it make harkens back to a simpler time. <laughs> yeah, it probably brings back a bunch of memories. Where, where does Boogie come from, anyways? I don't. I, I, people used to call me K Boogie for some reason at the clubs when I was a club DJ, and I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but, I mean, that was a long time. I mean, we were talking 20 years ago. I'd have to go back in the memory banks here. And they used to call me K Boogie. And then when I came to Austin, I think there was a real DJ named K Boogie. And so we just dropped the K and I became Boogie. Nice. And it stuck for a long time, man. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. 
Well, man, I, I appreciate you uh, blessing our, our podcast and making uh, and bringing some some validity some validity to it. So, um, well, I don't know about that. I'll, I'll do it anytime you want, man. If you can't find a guest, just tell me, and I'll I'll come ramble on again just so you guys can stay consistent. Well, I'll see you next week then. <laughs> Not to fly you out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but hang on after we stop this because uh, I don't want to just drop it. But I appreciate it, Boogie. Thank you, man. Hey, anytime, guys. It was fun. I hope I didn't talk too much. No, you're good. Bye.